up and welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling episode 75. I'm your host, the Double R Superstar Roy, the Roy Rowe, and I'm here with the head of the table, Blake Short. The worst thing for your career is having your wife at ringside. And the unprofessional, Greg Overson. What's up and hello. This week we discuss Eric Bischoff and WWE Fastlane, all leading to our main event, the R&R Battle Royale, featuring Raw, Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown Live. But before we talk about wrestling, let's talk a little about our weeks. Uh, I think, Blake, you were getting us started this week? Yeah, didn't have a ton this week, but I did have a couple of things come up the last few days. So, talk to you guys a little bit about Holly and her wrist surgery and everything that was going on there. Just trying to keep up around the house. Unfortunately, Morgan's 13, and she's at that age where, I'll admit, when I was 13, I didn't really clean up that well after myself, and Morgan's in that same stage. So I'm trying to pick up after Morgan and help out at the same time, and I'm getting really frustrated with her because I'm like, can you just clean your dishes? Can you just pick up your clothes? Little things like that. I could tell, like, tension is building over the last two weeks, so I think I need to, like, sit her down and be like, please, please, just do the little things here and there. But other than that, Holly actually had another surgery um, last night. Basically, they told her that she could develop carpal tunnel. And there were some signs she was starting to, to have that because she was feeling a lot of numbness and tingling in her fingers. So, unfortunately. And this all started with a fall at Skateland, at Skateland right? crazy, right? How did she fall? Did she fall like, did she try to break her fall with that arm? So it's, or? it's crazy because. No, the fall broke her arm. Right? Well. <laughs> it, it's crazy because I, I saw it all like slow motion. So we were getting ready to leave. And you so didn't help her? I was too far away. Okay. So I was still on the, on the rink and she was going to the steps to get Morgan to leave. And when she went from the rink to the steps, she didn't slow down enough. So she, there was just too much speed. And when she fell, like I could see her falling. I'm still on the rink, like coming over and I see her hand go behind her. And she, like, twists, and just everything, Jesus, all man. the weight is on that hand. And I knew, like, I knew it. I was like, not that it would be that bad, but I knew, like, it was either a sprain wrist or something along those lines. And I'm thinking, like, no. And there's nothing I could do because I'm too far away. <laughs> like, I couldn't even dive and, like, stop it. And I'm just thinking, like, that is the worst thing to do is put all your weight on that hand. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy that it's gotten to this point where she actually had to do a second surgery and they told her, like, look, you need to get this done. Like, you could have permanent nerve damage in your hand. Like, that's insane to think. Very Just crazy, a, yeah. A, what could normally be a minor fall caused that much damage. But here's the thing that pissed me off about the whole situation and why it's going to be my talking point for the week. She has insurance through the state. And when she went and got the first surgery done, there were no issues. She went to the emergency room. There were no issues with insurance. They covered it. Well, when they tried to get the second surgery done, her insurance continuously kept declining it, saying that they don't want to deal with the hospital to do it. To me, this is bullshit and pisses me off and kind of it's going to put me on a tangent when it comes to insurance. Uh, Roy and I have had this conversation years ago, and it it seems to pop up every now and then where I truly believe that insurance is just a really big scam. A really big one. And this definitely highlighted my thoughts with that because someone who is dealing with an injury that 
needs the surgery done as soon as possible, they're telling her, no, you need to do it through. Right. What requirements do you want to meet before we can use they, the damn insurance? Basically, what they wanted her to do was schedule it with a doctor outside of the hospital. But it would have taken a week or two, and she would have put herself at risk for permanent nerve damage. So here's Holly in this position where the hospital forces you to sign to say, if insurance doesn't cover it, you need to pay. We all know how expensive right. hospital bills are here. She has a doctor telling her she needs to get the surgery done now or she's going to have nerve damage. So she has to choose between thousands of dollars in medical bills or permanent nerve damage because her state insurance is declining the whole thing. I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm hoping that it doesn't end up being that insurance ends up pretty much telling her that they're not going to cover it and then we're stuck with a hospital bill. But I told her at the end of the day, I was like, you need, you got to worry about your body first. Get the surgery done. Because she was kind of afraid the surgeon was like BSing her. That way he could get the surgery. I'm like, the surgeon's not BSing you. Right. Like, he doesn't get paid by the surgery. <laughs> you know? I was like, and he he has no reason. <laughs> They're not on a commission base. Yeah, that's what I told her. I was like, he's not on commission. I was like, the hospital's the one that get, gets paid for it, not you. And he's not, I, I highly doubt he loves the hospital that much to get them extra business. They're doing pretty well without your surgery. So, you know, we I talked her through it while I was out doing DoorDash. And, uh, yeah, she did get it done. It's just a shitty situation. It sucks that she was put in that position. She's already scared to get another surgery. Now she's worrying about financial issues because of it. And it just really sucks to be in the U.S. and deal with insurance. It seems like a lot of countries are... are far better off than we are in terms of insurance. And that's kind of mind-boggling to think of, you know, being that you would think that we would be ahead of the game when it comes to that. So that was my week. Nah, bro, we live in America. Any chance to make a dollar, they're going to make a dollar. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty sad. Um, it was disappointing. I felt bad for her. Obviously, I still feel bad for her. The surgery was worse for her. She's in a lot more pain, I think, because they just went re revisited something that they just did surgery on. So I'll be helping her out a lot this week, and hopefully I'll have a little bit more for you guys next week. All right, me next then? Sure. So for me, I have been searching desperately for a new video game to play. Um, I usually, I don't I don't usually spend much on games unless I know for sure that I'm going to like it. It just mostly comes down to indecisiveness. And recently I've had uh, a slight, slight mindset change with it. I started thinking about the fact that I will, at a whim, if I'm at like a Spencer's or in the mall or anything, I'll buy like a $12.99 mystery grab bag toy, knowing 90% of the time I'm just throwing it away. Almost every time I buy it, I know like I'm either giving this to Antonio or Colby, because there's usually just one thing I want to try and get, and I'm not interested in the rest. So I started kind of applying that as and uh, taking a chance on like some $5.99 games and stuff like that, kind of making those the mystery bags. Um, none of those games have worked out yet. I had, I had gotten Pathless for 40, uh, just trying to get a PS, another PS5 experience. I wasn't into that. That one didn't last. I, I can be pretty, pretty picky when it comes to video games. Just one little thing I don't like, and I'll write the whole game off and won't even come back to it. Right now I'm on Dead Cells, which is a bit, little bit of an older game, which is what I was trying to avoid. I wanted to play a PS5 game, but there's just not a lot of options for me right now after the ones that I have beaten already. So hopefully Dead Cells ends up sticking. Um, I, I play a little bit more of Dead by Daylight over the week, practicing Killer and Survivor. Um, although I think I think the Dead by Daylight online scene for us is dead at this point. So I've been transitioning back into more Fortnite, 
which they just started their their new season. So there's plenty to do over there. Uh, Raquel and I celebrated three years this week. And Blake, I know for your anniversary, you broke Holly's arm. Yeah. We didn't do anything quite as exciting. We just had uh, mystery snack boxes from, I think it was Germany this time. You should really try and spice it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Surgeries I'll, and all that's a good time. I'll let her know, you know, what you guys did for, what, what year was this for you guys? 10. 10. Special. Well, maybe you for 10. For 10. Yeah, we'll give it a shot at 10. Break a limb. Uh, and that's, that's all that happened in my, in my week. Really, there's one. There's one more thing I'm going to talk about that happened just this morning, and uh, we actually discussed a lot about DoorDash before starting the podcast. But my Dunkin' Donuts delivery again this morning was late, and when I click on like the help step because the driver is going miles from my house after the notification saying that he was approaching, and I click on like the help, and I'm like, one of the options specifically says Dasher is moving farther from my house, and I clicked it. And they told me what it said was that they batched the orders together to ensure that I'll get the fastest delivery. Okay, fair enough. I know that you batch the orders together. Now, I got like, I got one of those little, you know, remember like the little projector, pro, what are they called? Projectors? It's not projector. Projector? projector? Yeah, why do I want to say projector? I, like I don't three know. <laughs> times in a row, my brain said projector, and it's like, that's not it, projector. Anyway, I don't think that's the word I'm looking for. But <laughs> my point is, I did a very long, in-depth study on this. Um, I googled different maps. Uh, I sketched out a little plot on my book. And consistently, the results told me the fastest way to get the food to me is to bring it to me. DoorDash says the fastest way to bring it to me is to go that way. And as a as a contractor of DoorDash, Blake, I would like you to explain this to me. Now, what I don't want you to tell me is that, you know, it helps in the grand scheme of, you know, maybe that guy got his order faster. I want to know why DoorDash told me the fastest way to get it to me is to go three miles away from me. Uh, this is a very simple answer. They told you that because DoorDash is a business and they know that for them to stack the order, they pay less right. to the contractor. Uh, it has nothing to do with the speed of you getting that order. And see, that's what I so, thought. So it does. If oh, you look, here we go. If you here look you go. at it when Lord. you're picking up an order. DoorDash sympathizer. No, if you look at it when you're picking up an order. So I may get your order first. Right? Can, I ex- can I just say one thing before you go into this? Sure. Greg, the store is two miles, is, is 0.7 miles. Well, let me finish. Because you're going to give me an instance for a situation that didn't apply to me today. The store was 0.7 miles away. When I asked why the food went in the opposite direction of me, the reason I was given was that's the fastest way to get it to me. So they, I thought you said that it was batched together with another order. Right. So what happens with that specific situation is I may get your order, right? And it may say, pick up by 1015. And then deliver by 1040. Then they may stack me, and that order may say pick up by 1011 and deliver by 1037. So they're going to send me to that one first. Do you see my issue? Do you see my issue? I'm not saying it's okay. That was not the fastest way to get it to me. And I'm not. I know that that's not okay, and it's stupid. But that's how it works. No, no, no. It's the 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 practice of doing it is fine. The lie of that is the fastest way to get to me is the issue. 
I love that Greg was like all in, and then I think he realized halfway. He was like, "Wait a minute!" I realized. Okay. I thought I'm not really like... answering the question here. I'm telling him how it works. Yeah, I know how it works, Greg, but I know it's bullshit because it I could have walked it to him faster yeah. than that guy delivering to the other house and then delivering to him. It's DoorDash's way of paying us less money because if you notice, when they stack the deliveries, the the delivery fee that they chart that they give to us is actually lower for the second order. I didn't know that end of it. Yes. Yeah, so like your order may have been two bucks, but that other order may have gotten added for like five dollars, and they're paying that person one dollar with a four dollar tip. Like, yeah, and I, and I mean, I've seen further. on the map where they go to other deliveries all the time. It's never really been that. I mean, it's an inconvenience, but at the same time, I'm like, if this was my business, I'd probably do something very similar. Like, and when you order from a sub shop, pizza place, same thing. They're delivering to multiple addresses. Yeah, yeah, it's a standard so, in the yeah, delivery so, industry. But I just couldn't believe when it was like. The fastest way to get this food to you is to just not bring it to you it's for a, a little it's a while. Great lie that most people are not going to think. Oh yeah, They're like <laughs> it's crazy. I guarantee there's customers like, okay, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all. Here's the other thing too, Roy, is that when they stack, they know that. So so obviously, like on my end, I'm looking for higher end orders, right? So they look at it as, well, I can send him two deliveries for twelve dollars. Instead of one for eight, and he'll probably take it. Right. Because some people are going to see the higher number, the 12 and the eight, and not factor in the time. And divide it by how many, exactly. and you're really only getting six in order. So, so you got to play that game too, and they know it works. They know that a lot of dashes are going to see that, like, oh, well, I can do two orders for 10 bucks and make 10 bucks. Yeah, but you're not factoring in the extra 20 minutes right. it's going to take you. They. I'm gonna be completely honest here, and it's gonna sound like a really shitty <laughs> Some asshole inside comment. knowledge from a DoorDash employee here. Most dashers are not smart. They're they're really not. They're, so they are idiots. I okay. That was that was no, a lot more no, rough than mine. So thank you. When you see both of order, these men are DoorDash when drivers. When you get an by the order and, and, a rep note, <laughs> and a rep note says, "Do not sit directly in front of my door because I cannot open my screen." Door, yeah, fair. Logically, why would you put that food there? I've had so many deliveries. You don't even need a note to not put food in front of a screen door. Right. I have had to put that in my own notes because I have had we we order we usually order a drink with our stuff, and I can't tell you how many times I've literally had to just knock the drink over <laughs> to get my door open. They're idiots. He just has to com- He looks at it from on the other side of the glass one door of, and has to commit to just knocking that drink one over. One of the things I'll never forget is I was door dashing and I had a Chipotle order, and there was a guy there. Who walks in, there's about five bags on their shelf, he checks every tag, and it doesn't have the name of the person he has. So he immediately goes to the cashier and says, this isn't up there. She explains, they work on them in the back, they they do them by the way they receive them, so it'll be out once it's done. Okay, fine. The lady who's bringing them out is calling out these names every time, and he's immediately going, that's mine. And then he walks up and it's like, <laughs> someone else is like, no, that's that's mine. And then he'll go and look at the five bags that are were already on the shelf again. And every time he's jumping in front of somebody saying, that's my bag, that's my bag. I literally told Blake this. I had to snatch the bag out of his hand because we had the same name but different last name. I had to show him my phone and point out on his that it's a completely different last name. And just because it's the first name doesn't mean it's yours. I had to snatch the food from this guy that's because crazy. he said that's mine and would not... Would not pay attention to what I. He had. was hell bent on getting whatever order was going to come his way. Idiots. While while that that's a little bit more on the insane level, I do see a lot of, especially at Chipotle, where there'll be like three or four bags, and I'll know they're a dasher. They might have their bag with them, or I can just tell what by their phone, 
And they'll look at the names, Roy. They'll look at the four names. How long does it take to look at four bags and look at the names? They'll look at the names again. And maybe a third or a fourth time. They'll stand there for like 10 minutes. And, and I, I'm wondering, are you like trying to put the name on the tag? <laughs> are you envisioning it? Like what exactly? Because you've seen the names. Right. You only have to remember, okay, Justin. And it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's I, I kind of laugh. I'll sit there and I'm waiting. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You could be there for five minutes longer than what they have been. They'll show up. You're already waiting for your stuff. They put a new bag on that thing. You're getting cut off immediately. You could be right next to it. They'll run from the back of the store to cut you off to look at which bag just got on that shelf. I mean, it's not a high IQ job. Let's be honest. I mean, it doesn't take much to I had a be guy a dasher. Deliver the other night. He called me and he said, "Your food is here," and I said, "There's nothing outside." He was like, "No, I'm walking up now." I'm like, okay, there's no car out. I'm like, where? what address are you at? He parked on the corner of my street and walked all the way up from the corner. You guys have been to my house. I'm I'm the la- second to last house from the not the corner that you turn off of to get on my street. You got to come up my street and I'm the second house from, from the end. He walked from the corner past about 15 houses to get, my, get to mine instead of just driving up in front of my house. What kind of logic is that? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Anyway. All right, Greg, what have you been up to this week? So this week... Any DoorDash for you? Yeah, I've, I've DoorDashed this week. Uh, but nothing nothing to really talk about with you DoorDash You damn idiot. Um, yeah, I, I am an idiot. Um, so this week, uh, one of the biggest things that I enjoyed is... So Kim and I found out that the Disney store at the mall is closing down. They had a 30% off sale. We're like... Okay, let's go take a look. Maybe we can grab some birthday gifts for our niece. Maybe there's something there Harper will want. Just let's go check it out. So we went, and my favorite moment of the whole time there is Kim held up four stuffed animals. She held up, uh, I believe it was an Eeyore. She held up a Mickey, a Minnie, and I believe a Daisy Duck. And she holds these up, and Harper immediately goes... Mickey and reaches out for him. She watches Mickey Mouse Clubhouse all the time. We have never heard her say Mickey. Kim was letting her choose and she says Mickey out loud and reaches for him. So she's got this Mickey doll now. She she's smart. So the, there's a show called Coco Melon and it's the bane of my goddamn existence. But there the character on its name is JJ and she has a doll of him and it sings the songs from the show and if you go where's JJ? She will walk around her little playpen, find JJ, and bring him to you. So now she does the same thing with Mickey. And she'll, Mickey, Mickey. And one of her favorite things is to hug. Like She loves hugging now. She absolutely <laughs> loves it. She will lay her head on your shoulder and go, oh, dad, dad, or oh, mommy, and pat your back. She does that with Mickey and JJ. And it's the cutest goddamn thing. Um, second thing is I got the first round of the coronavirus shot. Um, I, I dealt with a headache for a couple of days. I don't know if that was necessarily tied to the shot. Um, but it sucked. Uh, it was like a headache the first day and then a migraine and for uh, like a day and a half. Um, it sucked. I told you I was going to play dead by daylight. It wasn't a cop out for dead by daylight. I do want to play this weekend and give it another shot. Um, Blake had been like, just go online, try to figure out like what kind of perks people are using. See if that helps you out. I do want to give that a try. Um, I was having a lot of fun in the beginning. And then I think it's more so that 
it's not it's not really the killer part because I'm okay with only getting one or two kills. I I know I got to get better at that. It's more so the survivor part where if I die first for like 20 minutes, I got to just sit there. That's the hardest part. Um, so that can kind of take away the fun. But anyway, I dealt with a headache the day of for about four hours. I was nauseous as shit. Um, but I was I was warned about that because of the diabetes and stuff. I'm dreading the second one because uh-huh. apparently that one fucking sucks. Like people are talking about being laid up in bed for like two days. Just it, it apparently is just it sucks. And what sucks about that is Kim and I get our second one on the same day because we got our first ones on the same day. So who is going to hug that baby? That's going to be the hardest <laughs> part. Is both if it hits both, and it's probably going to hit Kim worse, just given her immune system, and it, it's going to suck. Uh, but that was that. The last thing is, is last night. Well, let me let me rephrase this. Throughout the week, I've been paying attention to somebody's motivational posts on Facebook. Okay. And they have legit got me into a position where I'm taking them to heart. And last night, I came up with about 20 different ideas. There's something I've been wanting to do for a couple years now, and I've just never, never put my foot into it. I'm not a good writer at all, but I'm going to, I'm going to try my hand at writing. I want to write short suspense horror stories. So last night I came up with about 20 ideas for stories, the titles and what I want the plot to be about. So I'm going to start writing these horror stories and finding a way to get them out there in the public, whether it be a subreddit, whether it be. I start doing like a little podcast where I just read my story or something, just something small. Um, but that's what I want to do. Um, I also want to start, I'm already interested in like ghost stories and stuff, but I want to start really getting into like real life accounts of different paranormal activities. That's something that I've always wanted to do. And I started thinking if I get good at it, I can publish a little book of short stories. Just something to feel like I've accomplished something. So that's what I've decided. Talked to Kim for like an hour about it last night. She's on board with supporting it and everything. So, like I said, I'm not a good writer. But she's going to kind of proofread my stuff and, and help me get better at writing stuff. So, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to actually get started on that. That's pretty cool. I'm, I always advocate for f- trying to find channels where you can let creativity flow i'm really excited to see what kind of content you end up creating and and when i was thinking about it it was you and cj that came to mind because out of you two you're probably the ones that are most into horror and i thought about bouncing ideas off of both of you to to see what's going on with that oh yeah definitely you know i'm always on board for something like that appreciate it yeah that's awesome uh my my recommendation would be pick one thing and a path for it and really just try and go all in on that because I know one thing that's held, I was going to say hold, holds me back, it still does, is seeing so many different things and kind of bouncing back and forth instead of just going all in. So I'd pick one, go all in, make sure it's something you have fun with that you don't mind doing, which it sounds like you already nailed that down. And then on the writing side of things, try it out yourself. And then let's say you gave it a couple months and you're like, you know what, I just, I'm not much of a writer, like, like you say right now. Then maybe look into finding somebody who is. And pitching ideas. That's all. There's always, right. like, it's funny, like. Oh, no, I've thought about, like, because there's different, like, computer courses you can sign up for. It would be, like, just, like, a $20, like, video mm-hmm. course. 
that'll like <clears throat> teach you how to write, teach you how to come up with plots and storylines and stuff like that. So I've thought about like, what am I going to do to to not only better myself, but I need I need a basis to start. I can't just jot down a bunch of stuff that jumble you know jumble up in my mind into a story because it's not going to make sense. And so there's there's different things that I I know I need to do prior, but I'm ready to get started on. And not maybe not actually writing the story yet, but characters, plot lines, twists, how I want them to end, what I want. Um, the first one is it's not even it's it's not even like necessarily meant to be scary. It's more so like creepy, and um, it, it I'll, I'll let you guys know what it is. So I want to call it the walls, and essentially my idea was. There's a family that moves into this new house and they think it is haunted. There's different things that keep happening, food going missing, stuffed animals, children's stories, some, just different things going missing. And they think that, you know, they're being haunted or something paranormal is going on. And then eventually they come to find out that there's someone that has just been living in their walls for years. And it's not meant to, like, be scary. This person means no malice towards them. But... The family thinks they're being haunted, but there's literally a person that lives in their house with them that they don't know about. And that's kind of where I want my first one to be based off of. Because I think if I can make it scary without it meant to be necessarily scary, right. I can get those scary ones to be scary. Okay. Yeah, that sounds cool, man. Like, that's exciting. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, like, like I said, I mean, I would... Just like every day, try and write a little something, mm -hmm. especially when things, because the more you do it, the more things will come to mind, especially with repetition. And then if you get a few months in and you're like, you know what, maybe I'm just not, I'm better at ideas, but not putting it on paper. Like don't, my, I guess the main thing I want to say is don't let one thing that might seem major hold you back. Because oh, no, at the I, end of the day, I it's fully probably plan minor. going into it knowing that it's going to be horrible at first. Yeah. I yeah. know this. Who cares? But like you said, with I'm very much a creature of habit. I'm the type of person that I have to do it repetitively and then when I do, I get it. Like I absolutely get it. And I know that this is going to be one of those things that's going to take a while to get, but I truly believe if I keep pushing and and there's this repetitiveness of this is what I need to learn from, this is how I can go like these directions and stuff, I'm going to get it down. I'm not saying that I, I'm going to be anywhere near a best-selling author type of thing. It's just something that I am interested in if it goes there, it goes there and that would be great. But this is more so something for me. This is something I'm interested in and I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my main thing would be definitely do it as much as you can have fun with it. And then if there is something that seems like a roadblock, find somebody that that's good at that, that can help you. You know what I mean? Right. Like if there's somebody that you're struggling with writing, talk to somebody who writes, you know what I mean? Maybe even, Focus on just the ideas and giving it to somebody who can write it. Because there's, there's just... I, I The thing I want to say is there's so many paths. You know what I mean? You don't have to go down just one. If there's if there's something that's kind of holding that back, that's something that I'm learning now. Is that it may seem like... Because I think a lot of times what happens is something comes up, which something's going to come up. Multiple things are going to come up. And people go, oh, man, like that's too much. You know what I mean? It seems so major when really it's not that major. It's minor. Right. It's just a short-term thing that needs to be fixed. So... I mean, you know you can always reach out to me, but that's cool. That's cool shit. And in the meantime, I'll keep posting motivational stuff on Facebook to motivate you. And yeah, I'm, please, I appreciate it. I'm happy I was able one. to inspire you. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on and, and talk about some uh, wrestling here. 
We're gonna. I'm gonna go over some of the headlines from the last week and get your opinions on them. I'm gonna start with you, Greg. Uh, during his interview on Talk Is Jericho, Paul White said that we actually came pretty close to getting a John Cena, Big Show, and Justin Bieber versus the Wyatts match at SummerSlam. It fell through when WWE only offered to promote Bieber's current album rather than pay him. Bieber was on board. He was excited, according to White. But a WWE decision maker said, I just don't see how Justin Bieber is going to relate to our audience. Honestly, I'm pretty torn on this. Part of me loves the idea of Justin Bieber at SummerSlam. And the rest of me is absolutely disgusted by the idea. I want you to talk me through this, Greg, and, and help me figure out how I feel about this. So... I don't even know how I feel about this. I I looked at the notes last night and I tried to think of different scenarios where I'd be okay with it. Why am I not okay with it? And I couldn't come up with either. The best I could come up with is that it's not surprising. WWE has always found a way to incorporate some type of celebrity in their bigger events. We, we know SummerSlam is part of the big four for WWE and it, it's it's not a shocking uh I, like concept to have Justin Bieber in a thing. I mean, we've seen Snooki in in matches. We've seen um uh, what is the uh the chick from from like E or something? Maria Menounos. Yeah, we we've seen her in matches. I mean, we've seen uh, uh Floyd would Mayweather. Be a, a good one for this yeah, example. It's like so, we've seen all these different people. In these matches. So it doesn't surprise me. They always go for the big. I mean look at right now. Bad Bunny. They always go for, for who's big at that point in time. And there's no denying that Justin Bieber has been big for years. He may not have been put. He may not be putting out as much right now. And stuff like that. But the dude took off when he was a kid. And has built a career and, and everything. So it doesn't surprise me they wanted him involved. Where I am torn. Is why the Wyatt family. <laughs> That's where I am torn. For me, we already know we loved the Wyatt family. And then they started doing just some ridiculous stuff with them. And this just epitomizes how much, I guess, and I don't want to say they didn't care, but they stopped backing the Wyatt family. Why the Wyatt family? That's where I'm stuck. Yeah, it's, it's a bizarre choice. I definitely, I can see plenty of paths that are pretty comical. But that, like you're saying, I mean, that's not really what you want with the Wyatt family. Right. Especially at that point in their in their career a little earlier on. So so, no. so ultimately, Justin Bieber at SummerSlam, rant or rave? Uh, against the Wyatts, rant. Okay. At, at WrestleMania with Cena and, at the time, Big Show, against really anybody else, I'd, I'd have to see the match to tell you how I feel, but... I think against the Wyatt family, that's one of those ones that I'd go in going, I don't want to see this. All right, fair, fair. Blake, over to you, buddy. My boy, Eric Bischoff, was announced for the Hall of Fame this week, and I am so excited to see it go down WrestleMania week. Blake, I'm going to hear from you on who you'd like to see enter the Hall of Fame. This this is a really good question. I'm actually going to flip it on you real quick, though. Were you surprised that Eric Bischoff was inducted because of all the AEW stuff. A I little, a little bit. It doesn't feel, you know, in the aftermath of it, it doesn't feel that crazy. But it was not a name that I think if, if we sat down and was like, "Who's going in?" I don't think it ever would have crossed my mind. 
And it is, it is, I, I thought of that. It is a little surprising because you, when you get to the Hall of Fame speech, uh, I'm assuming there's not a lot of control over what these guys are saying. So they must have a lot of trust in Eric to keep it professional and, you know, not not get too mixed up in AEW versus WWE kind of stuff. It could be fun. Remember I, DX with Billy Gunn? He was a part of AEW. True. And that's they really true. ribbed him big time with that. So I, I kind of thought about that stuff too. So the... I, I thought about that too, and I think one of the biggest things to take out of it is when a lot of people were congratulating him, especially those within – well, obviously, they're only going to show the, those within WWE and stuff. But the saying what all he's done for the industry, and when you think about it, he deserves a Hall of Fame regardless of what he's done with WWE. He, he has done a lot. For wrestling itself, yeah, I he's, agree. He's very oh, yeah, his much spot like is, is not debatable for me, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and he definitely gets it. And I don't think that that matters whether or not he's with another company. I don't think he's actually signed with AEW. So I think no, I think sort of I think the concern is it's just it's interesting to bring him on when he's already so tight over there. You just you kind of I don't know, I don't know how to to, to explain it, but I completely understand maybe having a pause when thinking: Do we want to give? A live monk to quote a live mic to quote unquote competition. And so I, I this is how I think of it. Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack it, but this is how I think of it. <laughs> Greg loves about, to hijack my new th- segment. Th- think about what Brody Lee's wife said when when he passed. There was no malice or bad feelings between WWE and him. Right, but all. you still gotta so, trust that Eric's gonna be that same kind of guy. You still gotta trust yeah. that he's not gonna be there and be like, remember when you called it a piss ant company? Well, not only that, you but know, you just fired him not that long that's ago. True. Too. That's true. That's yeah. true. Alright. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, so I, I know that caught you off guard a little bit, but I know Eric B, as he likes to call himself in AEW, is one of your favorites all time. So yeah, I was ecstatic when I saw the announcement. I knew you were excited. I, I wondered if you had the same kind of shock as yep. I did. So to answer the question, which was who are some people that I think should be in the Hall of Fame that are not? Great, great podcasting skills there, by the way. See how see how he brought back the question and everything to make sure people remembered? Beautiful. The Rock. And I get it. You know, he's always doing the movies. He's always busy. But how is The Rock not in the Hall of Fame? How is this not? How have they not found a way to make this happen? That has got to be the most surprising one. Uh, when you, if, I was going to say when you think of wrestling, when I think of wrestling, because yeah. everybody's different. When I think of wrestling, I think of The Rock and Stone Cold. I mean, that was my childhood, right? How is this man not in the Hall of Fame? Like, everybody knows The Rock. Everybody knows who Dwayne Johnson is at this point. He could go in as a celebrity, as The Rock. You know what I mean? So, we know the answer why he hasn't. It's because he's always doing movies and he's so successful doing so. But it still is a little crazy that he's not in there. And he will one day, right? But I'm just wondering when at this point right. is he ever going to stop with these damn movies? Kane. You got to get the mayor in there. Kane's a good one. The I mayor would love has Kane. to be in Kane. When is, he does his speech, is he in his Kane mask or not in his Kane I, mask? I think, so, so I think he has to start in the Kane mask. And then we have to establish that he's a mayor now. At some point during this speech, I think would be the most fun. But Kane has to be in there. I mean... Again, it's one of those things where I think about wrestling, I think of Kane and The Undertaker. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to mention Undertaker yet because it was so recent, and I think we all know that that's coming up. It may even be in this class. We'll see. But the last name that I'll bring up, and it's it's been a controversial, controversial name for a while, but it's one that I think should be in, and I know why it hasn't happened, but it's Owen Hart. 
I think Owen needs to be in there, and I know that his wife is the reason why this hasn't been done, or at least that's what I've seen. And I totally get that, because I think they really botched how they handled all of that situation. You think? Yeah. But it's still, for me, I feel like, and I, I completely get where she's coming from, but I would just love to see that respect and that attention brought to him. Her stance being she she feels like basically wrestling killed her. I mean, it did. It, it did. did. Yeah. Like I completely understand yeah. where she comes from, and I have no issue with how she feels whatsoever. I may have even felt the same way. And some of some of Owen's family has said that they believe that's something Owen would have wanted was to be in that Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that that's kind of where I am. I think because of how much Owen loved wrestling, how much wrestling was ingrained in their family culture, that it would be more of a respectful thing to have him in there. Obviously, they shouldn't do it if they don't have her approval. Right. But it's just, it is something that I look back on and I'm thinking, man, it would be awesome to be able to have him in there, to have him immortalized in that way. Uh, it, it's it's a very unfortunate situation all around, but and I would love to see him there. Sooner or later, because we all know where Brett's health is going, it's been reported that he's not the health in the best health anymore. And that's got to be who inducts him. It's got to be his brother. So I would like to see that happen sooner or later. So I agree with that one for sure. All right, guys, we're going to move over and talk a little bit about WWE Fastlane this weekend, the last stop on the road to WrestleMania. Let's let's do things a little bit different. <laughs> Normally we go through the entire card, and uh, we keep you guys here for like three hours listening to us do that. So instead we're going to shorten it a little bit. We're each going to pick our, our most anticipated match. And I think I'll start first because... Uh, universally, mine is probably one of the least anticipated matches, uh, and it's going to be Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. I beg you not to talk too much about the build this week, because we'll get into that later, but uh, long, long, long time Shane McMahon fan. I always think back and remember, I, I remember there was a certain time where I was like, thinking it sucks, we'll never see Shane McMahon again, we'll never see like all of all the things that he did will never have a character like that. And then that day in your basement living room, Blake, when Shane McMahon came back, just absolutely incredible. And I know that he is so like there, there are, there are much younger guys and full-time wrestlers that could be having this spot. Right. But our days, I feel like our days with Shane are limited. I had felt like we weren't ever getting him again. Now I'm feeling like we're at the, the very end we maybe get a few more Shane matches. This, the guy's getting, he's getting up there. And uh, I was actually thinking, I, w- I wish we would get another kind of Shane McMahon type character because Shane can't keep doing these bumps. We looked it up. I forget, but I think he was like 52, somewhere between 50 and 53. We, we need a new guy taking these bumps. Just like his father, man. Yeah. Uh, the Shane McMahon stuff, it's always a, a very fun attraction. There's usually at least one thing planned that's that's going to be pretty unique to the match so that's what i'm excited for and more often than not shane does lose which i think has helped a lot in me staying a shane fan for so long because he'll have these great matches and put the other guys over um that's not to say that when shane wins i'm not i still refer to him as the best in the world to this day from the saudi arabia tournament so I'll, i'll certainly be just as happy with a shane win uh, how are you guys feeling heading into this match? Um, I could care less. 
You could care less. I could. All right, Greg likes it. What do you think, Blake? I I'm a, I'm gonna give it a chance. I, I don't like the story. I think they they really did a bad job with that to really get me on board. Braun. Yeah. I've been saying that like all week for some reason. It's not even a good line. I'll, I, yeah. The 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 voice and just I don't know. It was I didn't see it. Braun. Uh, I don't think they've done a good job with the story, and I thought it was going to be a WrestleMania match. So I'm kind of preparing myself for them to just do that too to see this match again. I, that's what yeah, I, I think. That, it is that, that's going to be part. Like. That's part of the question yeah. too. Is it's bizarre that this happened before Mania, right? Yeah, that I don't like, but I, I'm willing to give it a chance. I think every time Shane goes out there, he he gives you a moment, right? You're almost guaranteed for a table spot on the announce table. And with Braun and the size of Braun, there's going to be some spots in this match that are entertaining for sure. So I'm willing to give it a chance. All right, Blake, what's your most anticipated match of the night? Well, my most anticipated match of the night, I think Greg and I were in agreement with one of our matches, but um, Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton has got to be, if it's not my most anticipated, definitely the one I'm most intrigued about yeah. right i mean what is this i love that they made it like an official thing she really <laughs> challenged them and they were like alexa bliss randy orton i had to ask roy when we were going over to show notes whether this was really an official match because i've never seen anything like it we've had final boss bliss who was freaking scary and you don't know what to expect and we we're all definitely thinking the fiend pops up here right but we were kind of talking about some Funny possibilities, and I, I pitched to the guys. I said, what if it really is like Final Boss Bliss with that crazy evolution of her character, and she somehow just beats Randy Orton? I was like, look, I know it sounds ridiculous, but Orton <laughs> has won 14 world championships. The man can take a loss. I could not imagine him taking a loss to Alexa Bliss, but I think it would be one of the craziest it things I've ever seen. That's not going to happen, most likely, but at the end of the day... This is still intriguing. I mean, I want to see what they're going to do with this. I've been interested in the storyline from beginning to end. I know it's lost a few people. It hasn't lost me, so I'm looking forward to it. The story for me with Fiend, I, that part's fine. I just cannot get over the losses, unfortunately. Um, I can, I, I'll still enjoy the match when we get to it, but I guess I'll just feel like there's no real consequences to it. At this point, the best that... Why it can hope to do is maybe even it out with Orton a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. What about you, uh, Greg? I'm sorry. You're Greg. Oh, uh, so mine for obvious reasons, because it involves my favorite wrestler. It's going to be the Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. And hell, this involves three of my favorite wrestlers. I was going to say, fair. you said your favorite wrestler and Edge isn't in this match. He's a special. Enforcer. I said it involves. Okay. But. There's so which one are we talking? Three of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah, I, involved I think in this what match. Blake's getting at is now you have to choose who's your favorite, Edge or Daniel. Edge. He's your number one of all time. Oh, always. Okay. Daniel hasn't pushed ahead always. yet. He's there. He's there. But no, it's. I don't think anyone's taken Edge. Okay. Um, but he's definitely there. Uh, but this match, it, 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 this is very much to me like a KO situation where. Daniel Bryan really hasn't had much of anything, and, and at a point he was just taking losses. And this storyline, this build to this match, it's got the same feeling that that there's a possibility Bryan could beat Roman Reigns. We we know that's probably not happening. If I had my choice, it, it, the perfect match for me at WrestleMania would be Daniel Bryan versus Edge instead of Roman even being involved. But I'll take a triple threat out of this one if it comes to that. 
But I I said it last week, and I think the biggest thing is I really think that this is an the ultimate opportunist opportunity. Like he Daniel Bryan keeps saying that Edge wants Roman Reigns. I don't think Edge wants Roman Reigns. I don't think Edge thinks he can beat Roman Reigns. I think Edge wants Daniel Bryan. He's made the comments of you're good, but I'm better. Stuff like that. I feel like those are just little those little hints that I think that in this match, Edge costs Roman the title. And it's it's I wanted to just be Edge and Daniel Bryan, but I think Daniel Bryan goes in champion and it's a triple threat in the long run. But I'm definitely very interested in this match this Sunday. The storyline, the change in Daniel Bryan's character lately, just I felt like Roman was getting a little stale, and I feel like Bryan's brought him back up for me too. Um, this match all around, I'm very, very looking forward to. Do you guys, and this is so off topic, do you guys expect the Rock at WrestleMania? No. 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 I, I, I don't think... Isn't he in another country? No, that's Batista. That's in another I, I don't know where he's at as far as like his, his regular crew of movies and stuff, but I think you save the Rock for a regular... Full crowd. So I kept wondering if Daniel being inserted in all this was it because they realized that fans would be back and they could go ahead with Rock and Roman. But you think they would still make the decision and just wait until a full? Because I that's what I would do if I'm going to use the Rock at WrestleMania. I'm going to wait until there's a full one. But yeah, and I don't think there's enough time. This whole story has been so bizarre, though. That would be such a rushed thing. Let him continue head of the table for a year. Let yeah. that happen. I'm fine with that because one, we want long, long-term storytelling. As long as you give me matches like you have been lately, I'm fine with it because at that point you interject the Rock to be like, "No, you don't represent this family" or whatever the case for that storyline. And and like Roy said, you hold that for the bigger crowd. Think of think of the moment of when he returned on Raw, and you, I come and pick you up at midnight. We run to the bank to deposit money to buy WrestleMania tickets. Just because he was the host. Right. That I think of that and go, this has to be a full crowd situation. Especially with two names like that, it's gotta be. What outcome are you guys expecting from Fastlane? What are we gonna what is this damn Universal Championship match at WrestleMania? I don't know. And I love I do love that we don't know. I do love that. Because if Daniel loses, what's Daniel doing for me? Yeah, that and that was kind of my point with the Rock too. Because think it's like three weeks, right? That's just not enough time. So it's like it's the same position for Daniel. What do you do in three weeks to set him up for a match that, that feels meaningful for Mania? Daniel has said a lot of things that's going to make a loss hard to swallow here. Like he has shown more confidence than I think we've ever seen, especially as a face. I, He's saying, "I'm going to beat you. I am going to. Do, I think I'm going to break you." Yeah. I think Daniel teeters on that line we talked about. I don't think he he falls under each either category because there's definitely some comments he's made that are heel, and there's definitely some comments he's made that are face. Well, my point being, you know, not so much the alignment, but just yeah. he he has made some big claims, and oh, to yeah. not deliver at this point, the, and and that's why I think that's why I think that that's where the special enforcer comes in. I truly think that this is this is this fits Edge's character. Like I said, I think he wants Daniel and not Roman. I think he's the reason Daniel wins, or a part of the reason Daniel wins. But I, I don't see a situation where where Daniel doesn't walk out champion. Like he has to walk out champion here. So, I I think the path is easier. Roman 
to me, Roman's definitely in the match, no matter what. Um, you can just look at a WrestleMania card or a poster, and you're going to see Roman Reigns at the front of it. WrestleMania, like, Roman is going to be in a big match, Roman and this is Mania. the big match. But if Roman were to lose, I think he can easily be inserted into that match, especially right. with a special enforcer. But you know what? Giving it some thought, you could also say the same thing for Daniel Bryan. And that's if what he gets screwed over. That's my path. But that's my, what I'm thinking. But my thing is, I think it's better for Daniel to go in as a champion because he can kind of prove what he said is true. And Roman to get because Roman could be like, Edge cost me this. Like, this was Edge. For Daniel, it's like, okay, Daniel, at this point, if you lose because of Edge and you lost the last review, it sounds like excuses are being made. You're right. So I, I think the best path is Daniel to win. We have a triple threat, and it's because. Something funky happened in the match, and Roman is like, nah, hell no. Like, this happened during a match. I'm going to be in the main event of WrestleMania, and you get those three. But I, I want to see how they do it. So, it's funny that you just brought up the, like, costing the match thing. I, a- after last night, I had this thought, and I really hope it doesn't go in this direction, but I really did have this thought that, in some way, Daniel Bryan gets screwed over, even though the cards are stacked in his favor. And in some type of capacity, joins up with Sami Zayn in the conspiracy thing, especially with the way he's been talking lately about I deserve all this. I, you know, this and that. I, I can see them doing something along those lines, especially with Sami Zayn trying to recruit people to see the conspiracies going on within the company. I don't see that at all. I see Sami and KO at Mania. I don't, well, I don't yeah, I'm saying down the line, something along those lines. Yeah. Like, Daniel Bryan claims he got screwed over. Edge Edge snaps and spears reigns instead of helping Daniel, whatever the case. Like, and it costs the match. Because I think it, all the special enforcer is is to keep people from getting involved. It doesn't mean the match is no disqualification. So, in a way, he screws over Bryan because he snaps and goes after Roman or something. And Daniel Bryan gets inserted because he says that wasn't fair or something. And then gets screwed over at Mania. Just... just some thought that I've had. Yeah, I think you come up with a lot of interesting scenarios that never happen. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to move us along. <laughs> Honorable mention, I want to talk about Apollo Crews versus Big E briefly. I want both Steel. of your, I want to hear both of your opinions on this because, for me, I feel like both guys need this win. Only one of them are going to get it. Uh, Apollo with a complete gimmick and attitude change after several losses going for this championship to lose that would be kind of devastating for his character and Big E as someone who I feel has struggled to find an identity and really get on a roll with the Intercontinental Championship he's somebody I think could survive the loss but then I gotta I gotta put hope and faith that there's a plan for him after that so the results of this match do feel very consequential in a in a real way for both of these guys and I want to know how you you guys are feeling about it. Blake, you look like you Bro. definitely have something to say. Bro, Nigerian royalty Apollo Crews is in my top ten. Okay. I am rooting for Apollo. I'm going to talk about Big E either in honorable mentions or this week about some if things I that first. I don't like about Big E right now. I, but he's losing me, man. He's losing me. I'll talk more about it on the weekly stuff. But I am pulling for Apollo. Apollo needs this win more. Big E needs more than the Intercontinental belt. I don't think he's elevated this belt in any way. I think he can do bigger things than this belt. And I'm loving this character from Apollo. I love that it's actually real. 
you know. And what about you, Greg? I'm I'm actually this is a match that I'm very interested in. I I'm not like you. I don't know if I'm behind uh, Apollo's character right now. Um, I think one week we were talking about how we couldn't tell after that first promo if he really is like has that that accent and he just puts on the American one or vice versa. And I'm thinking more so he's putting on this Nigerian accent because this week it felt very forced in the accent. And I, it, it's kind of like, hard to get behind a character. Like I'll tell you, the only thing stopping me from enjoying Apollo is knowing that he's faking an accent the entire time. <laughs> That uh, it's hard to get behind. Yeah, it breaks the immersion instantly, and I also feel like sometimes he strays from what the accent even is. Like he, there was a point where he kind of sounded like Jamaican yes. or something this week because there was a there. I forget what word he said, and I immediately thought of Kofi Kingston. Immediately, and that's the type of stuff. Like the the concept is great. I like the concept. I it, the accent's gotta be there, or I, it's gonna lose me. I can't. I I've done a good job of just convincing myself that that is his real thing, even though I'm seeing <laughs> the signs. I'm I'm just ignoring as much as I can, because dude, it's gotta be so hard to be an episode like I know I would screw it. I could barely talk in my normal voice as it is. But I guess the argument but, but, is creative decisions. Yes, don't talk yeah, that way. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, you guys are right. I'm not. I'm not saying how I feel is right by any means. But because I have been able to ignore it, it's helped me really it's get behind the character. It's been a great metamorphosis for Apollo, so I don't disagree with you yeah. there at all. I love yeah. I love how high he is on your list, actually. Yeah, I'm loving Apollo. And I was an Apollo fan before this, so the yeah. character change is something that I'm, I'm really enjoying. I do think he needs it more than Big E. I just, I'm concerned. Is there anything for Big E after this? That's, that's a true statement, too, because I, I don't have an answer for you there. Alright guys, we're going to head over to the Rant and Rave Battle Royale, where we compare the four major brands from the week, uh, WWE's Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, AEW's Dynamites. We're going to go five rounds, assigning a rant or a rave, uh, which is a positive or a negative to each show. This week, the rotation is Urbiga. That's Roy, Blake, Greg. Uh, so I'll get us started with my number one for the week, and it is a rave to NXT, and it goes to Walter. The return of Walter. Unfortunately, there was a little bit of the Walter band there, but that's okay. Uh, the setup the setup for this was so good because Champa pops up and he's like, I can't find Thatcher. And he's like, "If I'm guessing they can't find Wolf. And I'm like, okay, well, we didn't see anybody attack Thatcher. So, what's going to happen? Thatcher's just going to show up late eating an ice cream cone and Ciampa attack these guys for no reason? Usually, and this this is a rule for anything on TV, if you don't see it on screen, the characters just tell you about it, there's there's something missing there. So, that's, that's what I thought was happening. I was not at all anticipating uh, Walter's arrival, and I can tell you, honestly, when the silhouette popped up and it was Walter's frame, I had... Chills. I have chills recounting it to you guys right now. Walter makes my short list probably top five. I absolutely love this guy. That chop, I rewinded it about three times. I kept looking to see who was smacking to make a loud sound. It wasn't. It was just him smacking Ciampa right on the chest. Uh, the guy is terrifying, and I'm, I'm so excited to have him back. That's a good one. And it's funny you mentioned the slapping thing. Did you see that Vince... 
has literally had it posted, and the group, the group did he's saying, "Yeah, don't do the slaps." No more slaps. Yeah, he absolutely hates it. Yeah, Walter, man, you remember when Walter went to Raw and we were, and they screwed it up, but you and I were so hyped about it, and all they did was just make the other guys lose. They didn't do what they did what they normally do, right? But you and I were so hyped. Do you remember when Walter was the first one eliminated at Survivor Series? Yes. Um, I still, I still feel that Walter hype, and I think it's because it's been so long now. Good, good. Not to mention we were supposed to get him and Finn, which was really something I was looking forward to, and because of COVID, we weren't able to. But I'm with you. I was really hyped about that. That's a, it was a goosebumps moment. For I'm sure. concerned that he's going to lose this match to Champa. It's not what I want to see. He better not, because I think, I think long term Walter goes back over. Champa stays here. So probably from their point of view, they're thinking it makes more sense for Champa to have the win over here. Walter was a great moment this week, but I'm also going to rave. And for me, this is one of the best women's matches I've seen ever. It's going to AEW, and it's going to Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And this is why I hate going third. I loved this match. Some of the things that Britt Baker did, like if you don't respect Britt Baker by now, you... You don't respect women's wrestling. This woman will take any bump. I, I've never seen a woman deal with thumbtacks ever. Uh, I love her her facial reactions to certain moments. She's got a full crimson mask. She's I don't know what she did when she bladed, but she did it way too much because she was just blood everywhere. She's got this smirk on her face. She brings out the bag with the tax. I'm like, are you serious? Like, we're really going to see thumbtacks in a women's wrestling match? That was not an expectation of mine. They went all in on this match. And I think the two of them really pair up very well anyway. But when they threw in some of these hardcore elements, it was just so much better. I love that they gave them the main event. Finally, AEW starting to get it right on the women's side of things. This needed to be the main event. It deserved to be the main event. And they crushed it. You seem to love it also. You want to talk a little bit about it? I mean, he he pretty much hit it on the head. Like, this is... We've seen... Like, I've been ranting... Or ranting, raving over the last couple weeks that I've seen the women's division going in the right direction. They absolutely nailed it this week. They proved not only that their, their women can wrestle... That their women are willing to get in the ring and do what they need to do to put that division on the map. These two, yes, we've seen them in the past, but this match, I didn't, I didn't expect half of it to happen. This was amazing. They just, it just what they put their bodies through alone. W, or AEW superstars seem so much higher up in in their dedication to the business than some WWE superstars. And I know it go that that's a little hard to say because WWE has control over a lot of other things in their matches, whereas AEW is a little more free range on what they let their superstars do. But my God, if we can get... It doesn't have to be an unsanctioned, lights-out match every week, but this proves that the women can put on a show, and they need to start highlighting it. We need more women's main events. We need more women's matches throughout the night. It, this week, killed it. It absolutely killed it for the women's division. I think this was not. I think this should be a changing of the guard uh, in the way they look at women's wrestling. My only complaint is that it wasn't on a pay per view. 
This is a this was a pay per view mm-hmm. quality match. This match was up there with Sasha and Bailey. But I love over when we Brooklyn. get a match like that on live TV. Yeah, but you know why? You know why I say pay per view? It's because of the way we viewed AEW and how they view women's wrestling. I think something like this probably should have been a pay per view. I don't have right. an issue with it being on the weekly shows, but it was deserving of being on a pay per view card, being at that level. Uh, to me, this was on the level of Sa- Sasha Bailey takeover. You know, th- this is this has got to be a top five women's match to me. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned Britt blading. So you believe? Do you believe both wrestlers bladed during this match? Yeah, I do too. And that's one of my major criticisms for the match. I felt like both setups for the blading were super obvious. That's something I would like to see worked on in the future. Um, and this match was not going to be on my raves at all because honestly, Brit losing affected it that much for me. Dude, that sucks. I I one hundred percent agree with that because I I want Brit to get the win. I want Brit to be the push, but the match was so good to me that I just did not care about the result at the end. I said, okay, well, hopefully, and that, that's why I mentioned the respect for Brit. Hopefully, she just got the respect that she deserves because she continues to really be the highlight of this division, yeah. in my opinion. And it's almost, it feels ignored. Not really. You know, they put her in a main event. Right. But in some ways feels ignored because she continues to take the losses. And she's, this is your women's champion right here. It's not Sheeta. And it's not a shot at Sheeta. Sheeta's had the belt for long enough. Britt Baker is the one. She is the one. You've got to start giving her some wins. I, I love Britt. I love her dedication. I feel there's so much dedication to the business, to the way she performs. Do I think she's on the wrestling tier as some of the four horsewomen in WWE? No, I don't. No, she's but just got she's, that entertainment and I character down. she's good down. enough, and she's got her character nailed down. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the match, however, was Tony Siobhan's concern over Britt. At one point he said, I'm sorry, guys. I'll just... Uh, Britt Baker and I have been friends for a long time. And I'm like, wow, okay. So I, I really enjoyed that part. Uh, Greg, that's going to take us to you. All right, so mine, now that Blake took my number one, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my mine to SmackDown as a rave. And this, this is going to creative. At the least anticipated match in SmackDown history was one of the funniest... And and honestly, I never I would have never thought of WWE saying something like this. But because you just took two of your superstars and basically said, You guys are shit. And it was amazing that they did this. I don't have to go into much depth because you've seen the video package. There's not much to really talk about. But it's also like we've seen this match before type of thing. And they're like, no one cares about this. Why are we doing this type of thing? And it was amazing that it was it was sort of a fourth wall breaking type of situation where they acknowledge this match is stupid. Y'all think this match is stupid. <laughs> this is the worst thing that SmackDowns could have done in all their history. And I love that they did something like this. I watched this three times. 
Did you? I rewinded nice. and watched the, as well. The nice. irritating force versus the unlikable, the unlikable object yep. will be always something that I remember SmackDown history. This this would have been number one if not for Walter. I, I, I can't believe that it went round one, honestly. But you know what? It was that good. And it even made the match tolerable. Because yeah, yeah. once you did, like going into the match, I'm like, ah. Oh, and then you did that. And you just completely changed my mindset on it. Just being a little, a little self-aware there. All right, well, my next one then is going to be yet another rave. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, I'm giving my rave to Monday Night Raw and Shane McMahon. Is anybody arguing with me this week? It didn't go on either side this week, but... I don't want to go through this again. Greg and I were bickering at each other last week when I do Look, man, I hate Braun Strowman. I know, I... I is it, I, on you know your, is it on your rant list? So, so there is a rant in regards to it. it's weird. So, because they did two different segments, and the first one I'm like, here we go again, and then the second one wasn't. So I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of conflicted here. I'm gonna let you just roll with it. I don't want. I'm exhausted talking about it after last week. I don't want to get upset. I don't even think I'm at that level anyway. Why don't you just rave? We'll let it fly. There were two different segments. You talk about it. Shane McMahon lost his mind when being confronted by Braun Strowman, and especially when being challenged by a match. Uh, He was angry in a way like I hadn't seen before. He's like, you challenged me? He's like, you look stupid. You talk stupid. Like, all of a sudden, the chains were off. All these things that he had been implying for weeks, he just snapped, and he let them all go. He says, you couldn't handle me. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, Shane, best in the world. He can't handle you. And one of my one of my favorites was when we get to the match, and he's doing his shenanigans outside of the ring, and he does the hopscotch. I didn't know where he was going with it at all. He's like, and yeah, I'm gonna train out here, do some hopscotch. He's like, and Braun, you can learn to count. And then Braun goes out. He says, all oh, geez, starts running. Segment was hilarious. Shane got the upper hand in a big way, and I know that'll rub some people wrong. Uh, for an unapologetic Shane fan, it was one of my favorite parts of the week. Okay, that that's fair. There, there were some moments that that I enjoyed. I, oh, I, I absolutely love Braun getting his. I, I don't picked. think the story has been very good, and that's where the rant side of it comes in. But whatever, I'm just going to ignore it. And we're going to move on. <laughs> um, I guess I'll rave once again, and it will be Monday Night Raw as well. I'm giving it to Lashley and Sheamus because I feel like they're doing a really good job of continuously having Lashley in matches. I know this one wasn't a title match, but it still felt like like a big-time match because I've commented on how I felt about Sheamus, feeling like he's a character that they built upon that actually feels like someone who would be in a title picture, and I would take that seriously. I do feel that way. I know he's kind of in a role right now where he's pretty much getting his ass kicked by Lashley and McIntyre, those are also two guys that I feel like are top tier. They are S tier right now on Monday Night Raw. And Sheamus is holding his own with them. He didn't conti- get pretty much destroyed here. You know, we, we got a pretty good match. And I like I like what they're doing with Lashley right now as champion, even without a Fastlane title defense. Because, in my opinion, he doesn't even need doesn't one. Need you know it, yeah. he's going to Mania. We don't have to have some thrown-together title match at Fastlane. They're doing pretty well. All right. So my next one is also going to be a rave. It's also going to go to Raw, and it's going to be Asuka. And for a while, we've gotten this Asuka that was very much like, does she really deserve to be the women's champion? We haven't really gotten much out of her. WWE hasn't seemed to really be behind her like they were with NXT. 
And this week we got that mean streak. We got that nobody is ready for Asuka, Asuka back. And she went off. She absolutely went off on Shayna Baszler. Just when you thought Shayna was really going to get this win over her, Asuka absolutely lost her fucking mind. I loved watching this Asuka again. This is the Asuka we need to keep running with. This is the Asuka that I can believe is our women's champion. So her return this week after after getting the tooth knocked out and everything, I want her to keep up this mean streak. I want her to keep up this mentality and just keep kicking ass the way she is. All right, that's going to take me to round three. Uh, let's go with yet another rave. Um, and let's give it to... I'm going to give it to AEW. Has AEW been on the board any yet? Yeah. They yeah, got a the rant. women's match. The, oh, that's right, a rave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, rave to AEW for the Miro and Kip Sabian progression. Uh, finally, I am invested in what these two are doing in a big way. And the storytelling has been phenomenal because we speculated on this exact thing last week before ever even getting to the point. And when you can predict kind of a character's actions in that way on a show when done right, I think I think that really can I think that adds like another another level to it. Um, so for us to be able to sit there and be like, Rusev isn't going to be cool with this, and his attitude and mentality Rusev. to be. It's it's Boy always gonna, it it's week. always yeah, gonna, it's gonna be a long time before he's not Rusev. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm really excited about the direction that we're headed here. He was even your quote this week, yep. Blake, when he mentioned "Don't bring your wife at ringside." I'm very excited to see where we end up going. So when he made that comment, the "Don't bring your your wife" or one of the worst things for your career is bringing your wife to ringside. I legit went, damn. Like, it got me that much. I was like, he, they really just went there. And I was like, that is so awesome. It was one of those moments where I legit thought to myself, what does Lana think about this? What does Lana think about that writing or whatever the case was there? He was so but serious, was, too. And, and, and in the nicest legit. way, he says, I don't care about your wife. Yeah. Like, don't do that in the middle of the match. And you see Kip's kind of, like, concerned. He knows, you know, that vicious side of Miro. And then Miro turns that smile on. He's like, but outside of ring, we're still buddies. And it just feels, it feels so true to uh, to who Miro is based on the, the small experiences we've seen with him on YouTube streaming and mainly, I believe, on uh, Total Divas and Total Bellas, stuff like that. I'm going to rant for this round. And I'm going to give it to Monday Night Raw. And it's going to be New Day taking the titles off of the Hurt Business. Because they made it very clear. They didn't even wait 15 minutes to tell us that the only reason they're doing this is to set up a tag title match between them and AJ. And is it Omos or Omos? Because I, I continue to Omos. go back It's different each week, I think. Yeah, I, I, I say Omos, so I'm going to stick with that. And I, I'm not really happy about it. I, I love the Hurt Business. You just gave Bobby the main championship. They've had this tag title reign. New Day doesn't need another title reign. I love New Day, but my God, we continue to fall back into this habit. And it's just extremely disappointing. And it didn't feel right. And I knew it. I knew it, man. When they announced the title match, I'm thinking in my head, fuck, like they must have a team that they want New Day to go against at Mania for the titles. And, and there's no reason we couldn't do AJ and Omos versus her business, exactly. honestly. That was the next point I was going to say. There's no reason we have talked about it. 
over and over again, you do not have to have face versus heel. It doesn't have to be a thing. And WWE has even established that in their own right. The Hurt Business and AJ and Omos would have been fine. It do you think been... this is a WrestleMania setup for uh, Shelton and Alexander? Uh, that I don't know. But I, I disagree with it. I think I think you should have gave it more time for them to have the tag titles and Bobby to have the main championship. Yeah, I don't get it. You could have had some some um, things with Omos and Lashley. You know, Can you imagine that like they're all out there and Omos comes out like some some one on one, but not match, but just you know those confrontations between Omos and Bobby Lashley. That's a holy shit. Because AJ moment. and Omos going for the tag championships is an, not an issue for me. How do you feel about? That part specifically, I love it's, that. It's not an issue because it's cool to see finally see Omos in a ring. Exactly. I've been wondering what we're gonna get on him. It's that it's against New Day because to me it feels like AJ and Omos definitely win one hundred percent because think so. I do. I really do. I think I think New Day. This is just kind of what New Day does. It's to give them another another reign, a short reign. They didn't need any more, and then they pass it off to AJ and Omos. I I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Souring me on the New Day a little. It I, I've been a little soured on the New Day in general, and it's not yeah. their fault. I think they're, I mean, they have just been around for so long, and they've done so much, and they're always the fallback plan on a tag team division that is never really established the way it needs to be. Right. Whenever we take the belts off of them, we're not even flourishing the tag division. No. And then by the time we put it back on them, it almost feels the same situation as. A few months ago, and it's crazy because they haven't had the belts in a while, right. but it feels like they had them. Feels just like yesterday they had them yesterday. They <laughs> have them so often. All right, so my next one is going to be a rave for Raw. It's going to be Drew McIntyre. I, I almost like Drew McIntyre going for the title more than I like Drew McIntyre when he has the title. His character just seems so much more different because he's more driven to get that title back. And there's something that I like is I love when another wrestler uses their, their uh, not their opponent, but their, the person they're in the feud with, when they use their move to almost say, I can do it too, or I'm better than you in a way. He did it with Randy Orton when he hit an RKO, stuff like that. And he did it this week when he beat The Miz with the Hurt Lock. And stuff like that really brings me in because it's not only the drive he has to get back at the title, it's the the saying, I can do what you can do, or I can do what you can do better. And I love watching stuff like that. Something I was thinking last night is how do you guys feel about Miz's role in all this? Because he's somebody that we feel is very is very deserving and we love the title on him. Uh we love the title on Bobby. Also, I think we all prefer the direction that we ended up with there. But is Miz like getting too lost in the background with this? So I think, I think where they really messed up with this is, I get that he has the money and he had the money in the bank and everything. But this should have just been a WrestleMania match. But this should have just been Drew versus Bobby and set it up that way in some capacity. Because they're really doubling down and saying, like, listen, if you didn't know, all these guys can beat Miz at any day of the week. Right. It feels like they really want me to know and, that. And I think that one of the biggest things is, is you just had a successful cash-in, you lost it, and then your WrestleMania match is going to be you and your tag team partner for God knows how long versus Damian Priest and a pop star. 
that those type of things like if you were just still in kind of the background you were just doing your Miz and Morrison thing that you've done for weeks and kept that briefcase and this was your WrestleMania match I'd be okay with it but this really hurts the Miz to me in this whole situation uh, it's not hurting the Miz for me because it was my expectation when he cashed in no I'm not saying I don't love the Miz I yeah. think this situation in the yeah, it's momentum the, and stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's actually not souring yeah, me on this okay. because it was my expectation that whenever he did cash in, it would be really short uh, if he was too. successful. Me too. And I, I don't have any issues with the way they did it. I think I think it was a unique way to to make Lashley look even bigger with what they did on that Monday Night Raw. That was pretty cool, right? Where we had the match at nine, match at ten, match at eleven. That was Miz's personality shining once again, like it always does. I think that is. That's the biggest thing about Miz. His personality shines more than I... I don't think I'll ever look at Miz and go, here's a guy who can beat anybody on the roster. I just don't see that for Miz. But I also look at him as he's a guy who can capitalize on some situations every now and then and be in a title picture. So him taking losses isn't souring me on him. And while I normally don't like the position of having pop stars and stuff like that on WrestleMania, I get it because it brings people in. And if there was somebody to have him go against, Miz does make sense because Miz is Hollywood, right? So I, I'm okay with the direction that Miz has been. I, I really am. I, I get it. I, I understand some of the disappointment, but I don't think it hurts Miz. I could see a Miz a year from now finding a way to capitalize once again in some sort of match for a championship. I really could because that's who the Miz is. All right, so we're at the end of round three. At this time, I would like to ask you gentlemen... What your favorite show was this week? For me, it was Friday Night SmackDown. I'm torn between that and Raw, actually. Um, it's tough for me, to be honest. I liked them both a lot this week. Um, actually, neither one of them got rants from me. Um, I think I'm going to say Raw this week. Okay. Mine was really close as well, but it was SmackDown for me. Okay. All right, top of round four, I'm going to go with a rave. I don't think I have, I don't know if I'm going to get any rants. The only ones I really had that I felt strongly about was the New Day winning the championships. Uh, but yeah, I'll go rave, and I'm going to give it to SmackDown again. And it goes to Natalia and Tamina making their mark at the end of the Bianca Shayna match. What I liked about this was one, it was quick. This wasn't like a 20-minute long match where I really invested. If we're going to do the some kind of, you know, crazy finish or whatever, like, let's get that out of the way quick. They they did that, and it was great opportunity for Tamina and Italian. Out of all the ways that I thought this was going to end, that was not one of them, and yet it made so much sense at the same time. Tamina and Italia, historically and probably rightfully so, are two people that have not been taken very seriously. They got on a little bit of a hot streak, and they made sure to say on SmackDown, do not forget about us. And I really appreciated that. I'm going to give a rave to SmackDown as well, and it's going to go to the main event between Edge and Jey Uso. I, f I love the presentation of Edge, once again, you know, showing that 10 years ago and dropping the title. This is his first match back on SmackDown. They made it feel like a big deal. I already came in feeling like it was a big deal. I'm enjoying seeing Edge in the ring. Because I always question how many of these matches am I going to get. So I better enjoy them. And him and Jay put on a good match. Edge looked good here. Jay's been looking good in a singles role. Obviously he keeps losing. Yeah. <laughs> in event, Uso tends to lose more times than not. 
but he's losing the guys that are, that are heavy hitters. And for that, I can still get behind Jay. I do take him seriously. I, and he feel, it feels like he's so close, you know what I mean? But he just can't finish, and that's kind of how I see Jey Uso right now. He almost beats Roman. He almost, well, he has beaten Daniel, but, you know, usually he loses. He almost beats Daniel. He almost beats Edge. That's kind of where he is. And I, I'm really enjoying the story. I, I like the special enforcer. I love that Edge is just in the middle of all this, even though he already has his spot cemented. And it was it was a good way to end SmackDown, in my opinion, and get us to fast lane. So during this match, I got the edge that I wanted in a match. As as simple as it may have been, because when he first came back, it was almost like he had to prove himself. And we weren't getting that rated R superstar style. He gave us that promo, and even since he's been back, yes, he won the Rumble and all, and he said, you know, I got to do everything I can. It still didn't feel like rated R superstar. There was a few points in this match. One of the ones that I remember most is Jay was trying to get up, and, and Edge just ran around the ring and just super kicked the shit out of his arm. And that's something Edge would do. Like, he he may be the face right now, and, and not so much the rated R superstar that we know, but he showed those moments in this match. He showed different things in this match that say he, he does want to do what it takes. Um, and I'm really hoping that this WrestleMania match fully brings that out just so that promo can come full circle because that got me so hyped um that's the edge i want to see that's the edge i absolutely loved and this match just reminded me of different things that he would do in a match that that were rated superstar rated r superstar-esque and i want that edge that's where i want him to go yeah this was correct me if i'm wrong was this not the first match that he had outside of just randy orton this is the first match he had on live TV, wasn't it? Weren't the rest just... No, I think he did have one with Orton. Well, I think you're not. both mistaken because I remember on NXT he told me he was going to be there wrestling every week. So he, he did it. So he's wrestled every show every week since then, right? Well, this okay. is fair. That's the promise he made me. <laughs> my, my point being that it was it was awesome to see Edge in the ring again. Yes, it was. Um, and this, this was the most Edge that he's felt. Yeah, and, and, and I think it helped, you know, because I've kind of looked at him more as... You know, almost like a Goldberg role. I hate to say that, you know, because I hate Goldberg. But, I can see where you're but coming from. You know what I mean? You just didn't see him in matches. He had a few with Orton, and he got hurt, and that's all you, you've seen. Then he wins the Rumble. You don't see any matches from him. And I think he he reminded me of what Edge can do in the ring because it had been so long. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, this match selling, finally made him feel the like The selling of the rib injury was, yeah. was on point. I, I felt like the chemistry was there. There wasn't really much... I didn't look and see any sloppiness in this match. And that's after seeing Jay and Daniel. Getting that super kick you know, from so, the spear. Yeah. And I, getting back up and still being able to spear. Just different things. This this was Edge. It, yeah, this it showed edge. me that Edge can still hang yes. and he can perform. And, yes. and that was really good to see. All right, round five, the final round. Isn't that me next? Uh, I thought you just went. No, no I was just commenting on his. Oh, sorry. Um, so, so my next did you, one. Did you want a turn? Actually, no, you can just continue. Okay. Um, actually, my next one is going to be a rant to AEW, and I know what's about to come. Oh, Lord. But it's the 10-man ten ten tag, and it's not even, it's, it's not that there's too many men. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's just that AEW they have the same formula for these matches every time, and it's just chaos. That's all they want it to be is chaos. And that's that's all I get out of it. All right. 
Admittedly, admittedly, this is partially just for fun, Greg. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus Rave. Now, what's ironic is this match was my next Rave. It really was. Really? Only one specific thing, though, so. Is it because Matt Hardy got the win? You might you <laughs> might win this, because I only have one good reason. <laughs> so, I, I just, it, I, I actually wanted to, to watch this match, right? And and what gets me with AEW is is they make this type of match, and you want to focus on the two wrestlers that are in the ring, but you can't because ninety percent of the time it's about what's going on outside of the ring until you get your finish. And I hate that. Like I want to see two superstars showcased in this tag match. That's what I want to see. I don't care if you're tagging in and out multiple times. I want to watch two guys. I get that there's gonna be moments, but it seems like all their matches. That are that are like four or more men just turn into absolute chaos, and then it loses me, and I don't care about the finish, and that's where I stand with them on those types of matches. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm in my my WWE ways, where most of the time we just get a finish to those, where you have two men in the ring, every once in a while you get someone pulled off an apron, but you get to watch the two people in the ring. I don't know if I'm stuck in that way, and I just can't get behind it yet, but. They're not doing good with these matches, in my opinion. I think for your own sanity, you'll definitely have to try and get a little more on board with the multi-matches. Because I think that's going to continue oh, to be, that gonna be a staple a, for AEW. For and I sure, think they want sure. that to be looked at, not exactly in the same light as a singles. But I think those type of matches have a enigma of this is just random, thrown together fuckery. And I think that they want to change that a little bit. I think, they, And that's what it feels like. I think they... they Put a little bit more attention into it. I didn't think the match was bad or anything. But basically, my my only... The reason this was my next rave... Uh, is because of the ending. The payoff to this match was just absolutely phenomenal. Where Marco Stunt gets in the ring. And all of a sudden, Matt Hardy is amped up and ready to go. He, he didn't want much to do with it throughout. But Marco Stunt's in the ring. And he is just dying for the tag. To get in there, do his finisher, and act like he really accomplished something again, out there. after Private Party yes. does their thing. <laughs> oh my god, the Matt Hardy character right now is absolutely killing it. I am I too am not a super big fan a lot of times of the, the big matches like this, and so I'm on a similar path of I'm looking at them a little bit differently in AEW. Uh, because I do think it's a good style too when you just have that one weekly show. You have all these wrestlers, it's fine to do something like this every once in a while. But yeah, the payoff in particular for me is what put it over the top. I didn't have an issue with Matt Hardy, and I didn't really have the match itself on either side, but I actually had the result as a rant. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a rant. Greg didn't touch on it. You kind of did, Roy. Um, it's Marco Stunt taking the pin is what bothered me. It's because yeah. Jurassic Express is associated as losers every time. Because, because Marco they're with Marco Stunt and he takes the pin. And that bothered me because I like Jurassic Express. And that is always the result. It's Marco loses. And because of that, they're always held back. And that's been the story they've told me for the past year. Matt Hardy makes perfect sense. So I, I get where you're, you're coming from there. However, I'm more interested in Jurassic Express than Matt Hardy. So in the end, it pissed me off more than anything. So I'm going to go on the brand side. All right, now I'm going to start round five off with a rave for AEW. 
and it goes to MJF's Pinnacle promo. Uh, I'm not interested in. You want to challenge ring me? The bell. <laughs> you ring the bell. Ding ding. No, you do the whole thing. No, ding ding. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for rent versus. Hooray! Yeah, you just got a whiny ass. It's time! I'm not going to do it. Well, you you just did. That's all I did. I'm not going to finish <laughs> Come on, shit. give me the other half. No. All right. Uh, I don't... So here's my here's my personal view on uh, the MJF Pinnacle promo. I'm not... Each of these guys individually are not really somebody I'm all that interested in. I'm not a big fan of FTR. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the chairman over in AEW. Individually, these pieces don't work for me. And even coming together, there's not there's not a real excitement that I have when I see these guys. Um, when MJF picked up the microphone and he cut his promo, and it was fluid, it was taken seriously, he hit some major points, he made me take this group seriously and think I should be paying attention. So, and that's why specifically the, the the rave was the MJF Pinnacle promo, because I think he just he absolutely nailed it. And this is this is what we're always told about MJF a lot of times. What a great talker he is, and, and he references that same kind of stuff too. He's like, you guys have barely even seen it, and he talks about the longevity, how long he's going to be here. This is just the beginning, that kind of stuff. Um, he he went out there with one goal that was to put over this group. And he succeeded in my mind. So for me, I actually feel the complete opposite. I don't think he put this group over at all after what we got last week. He he introduced them with generic names and stuff like that to make them seem a lot better than they are, that they've proven so far. The The thing that got me is he. I get that he made this group, and I get that the main feud is going to be MJF and Chris Jericho. I'm, I get that. But you had this big brawl with with Inner Circle last week, and you say something along the lines of, we're going to take your locker room. And all they did was walk up and take the nameplate off and walk in the locker room. Inner Circle wasn't in there. They didn't fight them for it. There was nothing going on. They literally just went into the locker room and was like, oh, this is ours now. That's so dumb. That's just dumb. That might and be separate than his thing, though. I, I know. I, yeah, I, I, know. Have, I have the pinnacle... Just the pinnacle gotcha. themselves. The, so I had to go against it because this is part of what... I had a whole thing. So okay. that's part of it. The promo... I, I liked parts of the promo. But there was other parts that were just like... No, not yet. Like, I like the comment of the goat... No, that's reserved for me. That's a cocky statement. I like that. But just... Your, your, your first thing that you do is say that we're going to take over the locker room. Like your locker room, and all they did was take a nameplate off and walk in the door, and that really diminished them like real quick for me. So my thing is more so the group, not necessarily the promo, but it's one of those situations. He brought it up. I have it on a rant list. So the way I'm going to judge it, I didn't have it on either side, but I'm going to give it a rave because he. I think you're more pissed about the what happened after the promo and his focus is more on the promo and you did say you like some things about the promo as well so i think i would make it closer to a rave on my end what i'm gonna say is it didn't do anything for me on either side and i think it went on longer than it should have and that's that fair. Was my take and i think i think if it just ended with with the promo 
and there wasn't that comment of taking over the lock. Just, just something that that didn't end the way it did for me. Like it just, it didn't sit right with the ending, and that's that's why the whole thing got it for me. Is it the way you said you were going to take it over is not the way I visioned you were taking it over type of thing. Um, yeah, and not but and yeah, inner circle wasn't there, right? Right. I don't think we saw them so, the whole night. So I think I think that's. I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's kind of what they were saying was, we took you out, now we're taking over. And now, if next week we get a situation where not defending the inner it. circle <laughs> goes, you took our locker room, we weren't even here, and there's something that goes on there and inner mm-hmm. circle attempts to take it back or does take it back, it'll change my mind in a way because then it'll come kind of full circle. But right now, it's just not sitting yeah, I'm not defending it. It no, didn't yeah, do anything no, no, no. for me, but that was my my thought. I guess it was like, well, Inner Circle's not here, so they can't like beat them up to take it over. Maybe they're saying we took them out, and now we're just taking over. So, right. but either way, like I said, it wasn't either side for me, which I kind of wish it was. It should have probably. It's not one of those important. ones that I'm upset about. It was more of the integrity thing of I did have yeah. the whole group listed as a rant. So, gotcha. Um, I'm gonna rant for my final one. We talked about it a little bit on our news segment, and I'm giving it to Big E and his promo on SmackDown. I waited a second just in case, because I know a lot of us are Big E fans, and I still am. But the promo sucked, quite frankly. He, The way he's trying to speak, it doesn't feel natural. And it's crazy, because Big E has always spoken a crazy way. He's always had this energy that has always felt so natural. This character does not. He's doing this thing with his breathing that I, I, I honestly like. I wanted to fast forward the promo. That's how much I disliked it. Did was there points that anyone was picking up where Big E was trying to also do the African accent as if he was making fun of him, or was that just something that came out like that? No, Did he, his that? tone is continuously changing through the promo. I I just don't. I wish I could explain it better. I was getting frustrated during the promo. Like, it felt like he was doing so much. He's like, he's like, and then he's got like this, this kind of almost like whiny voice tone. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it because I love Big E. And it, I started to question whether maybe Big E isn't where I thought he was. And I almost put myself in the position of Vince and WWE and felt maybe this is why they gave him the Intercontinental Championship and not a main championship. Maybe he's not ready to cut these promos as someone serious. I wish I never had those thoughts, but this promo sucked. And Apollo's promo, while I know you had some issues with some of the voice tone for him as well, I didn't get that. And maybe it's because I hated Big E so much, I was just so satisfied when Apollo spoke. Because I did not want to hear Biggie anymore and that heavy ass breathing and whatever the fuck he was doing. All right, Greg, that's right. going to lead you to finish us off. My last one is going to go to Monday Night Raw um, as a rave. And it's going to be our truth trading Stone Cold memorabilia <laughs> for the 24 7 title. The, the fact that it was. The, they found a new way to remove the title from the person instead of just a random roll-up backstage. He convinced him that it was this is an authentic Stone Cold title belt. 
everybody wants one of these, as if Bad Bunny can't just go buy his own and stay champion. He said, there's this awesome lunchbox. Just everything that he, the way he convinced him and the things that Bad Bunny was willing to get out of giving him the 24-7 title was so ridiculous, but also so much along the lines of our truth It wasn't even Austin 316 day. He was trying to be Stone Cold the whole, the whole show, and it was just the... He wanted that title back, and he found a way to do it without having a match, without having to pin him, without necessarily getting on like Damian Priest or Bad Bunny's side. He found a way to just get the title, um, which I I loved that concept of of keeping that a little fresh because we all know what the twenty four seven title is. Yeah. It's just our truth's title. It's a joke, but and yeah, but our truth was good. All right. What were you about to say, Greg? Yes. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I I literally was about to to start like I was the host. <laughs> okay. Do you want to you want to close it out? No. Oh yeah. Sure. So now we're gonna go over to the honorable mention sides. I will go first since I went last during the rotation. I only have one rant left, and y'all know I hate a jobber match. And L.A. Knight. You come out with a promo where you say you beat anybody in that locker room. You got this build up to Bronson Reed. I I don't want this to be their pay-per-view match. Why couldn't they just put him against Bronson Reed this week? You got you got multiple people in the back that he had a you know, he he had an encounter with him, he had an encounter with uh with um why can't I why do I always find a spot in the week to forget someone's name? Every single time. To the moon! Why can't I think of the damn Cameron Grimes. Thank you. I kept thinking G, and I could only think Gable, and it was pissing me off in my head. But anyway, you had the little interaction with Cameron Grimes. It could have been either of those two that he could have faced. And they give me a, a jobber. I will say, I am kind of impressed with LA Knight. There were some things in that match that I, I've never seen the guy. So I was impressed with some things. But I want a match match. If you're going to give me a promo like you did the week prior. Yeah, LA Knight on Wednesday was a disappointment. Uh, this isn't somebody that I need to see in these dumbass enhancement matches. Like, And I guess I got confused at some point because I thought he was going against Bronson. Because there was like week. a backstage thing that happened and I thought the same thing. But yeah, no, I, I haven't been too hot on his booking over in NXT so far either. Hopefully it picks up soon. I mean, he seems like a guy I want to get behind. And I don't have any exposure to him. Things that you've told me, things that I've heard. Yeah. It's somebody that I I want, minus the fact that I can't get over how wide this dude's mouth is. When Let me talk. talk to you. <laughs> but it, it's upsetting when they give me a promo that I get behind. I get interested in somebody. And the first thing you give me is a jobber. All right, Blake, honorable mentions on the rant side. Well, let's be honest, Greg. That's just the facts of life. I know it is. Okay? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I don't have any rants left. I'm all done. All right. Uh, for me, uh, again, Christian keeps saying I'll work everyone, and then he takes the day off. I don't get that. <laughs> you hate people who tell you they're going to work and then don't yes, show up to work. I really do. Um, and then also, unfortunately, Cody did make maybe for the first time my rant list. I need him to do something else. I get it. He doesn't want... He he strikes me as someone who doesn't want the attention on him too much right now. He's trying to do other things. But in doing that, it's like everything is a half measure. We're never really going in any direction with Cody. And uh, it's growing a little stale for me. 
So we'll do honorable mentions on Rave now. Greg, you got any? Um, I enjoyed Brian's promo again this week. Um, it's hard not to enjoy his promos, especially especially the ones where he's excited for the match that he's in, involved in. Like he's invested in it. You can tell the difference in his character every single time. Um, so I love that. The other one was actually the interview with Sting and Darby Allen, but it's because of Lance Archer coming out and then Taz and his goons coming out because I've hated Taz's group of men. I think Roy's called them jackasses week in and week out. And Brian Cage seeming like he's going to branch off and do his own thing after this match. Like, the acknowledging that, like, he really didn't need his bat, whatever, although he did need his bat at one point. But saying he didn't need the bat and he did bring it to him and, and stuff like that and that Ricky Starks was wrong. And then, like, Team Taz kind of getting pissed off that he was like, you are the icon, the respect there. There's times where we do get upset about respect shown. This wasn't one of those moments for me. I felt like it was the right time. It was kind of the way to to hint at maybe him leaving or the group itself breaking up. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. You uh, know what would have been? This is something I, I wish they had done differently with this. Uh, we we joke a lot about the "I respect you" promos, right? That's exact, right. and that's what happened here. That was a little dull. Sting does not need anybody to come out here and say that. that they have respect for Sting. He's Sting. What would have been cool as hell here to me for him to come out, confront him, say, I have respect for you and I'm here to shake your hand, Darby Allen. Because Darby is the one that he beat the shit out of all night just for Darby to still, you know, come out on top at the end. I would have much preferred that. And that would have, yeah. Versus the Sting thing. I felt like that was a little unnecessary. It was just a, a pat on the back for a guy that has a Hall of Fame career in eight different companies. My, my, for my mindset, mostly it was for um, the the hinting at him leaving the group and maybe getting something more out of him. Yeah, no, I lo- I do like that yeah. part. Just that that was the one minor detail I had with the segment. Right, and then my last one, I didn't write this down, but I just remembered it. Uh, it was the uh, like little parts of the promo of uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. One of my two of my favorite ones is. Uh, he had they had made a comment of um, their little hand symbol, and he was like, "I felt like I seen this twenty some years ago on the same network," which I was like, uh, "You did," and and a lot of people do bitch about that. They're like, "You didn't really take anything new with this Bullet Club thing. You're literally doing the click Wolf right. like NWO. You're you're doing those things. It's nothing new." Um, and just, I I like I like Moxley and Kingston together. I really like this. Like I told y'all, I was getting behind Kingston and I lost it. Moxley hasn't necessarily been there for me other than his actual matches. So this pairing is, is sticking out to me. I feel like this may be our next tag team. I'm afraid of that being the thing, but I do feel like that's possible right now. Like the way that they're building these two together and it's kind of hard for me to think you're going to put John Moxley in some type of title match as a tag team and he doesn't come out a winner. Well, I guess as a trend in AEW, right, of <sighs> major programs. It's got to be a random. And then he kind and then so Jericho eventually transitioned tag team. Kenny did tag team uh, with Hangman. It kind of seems like a little bit. Maybe they use that as a little bit of a placeholder. Which I think has been effective so far because the most recent example uh, being Inner Circle with Jericho and all. They didn't put the belts on them. 
but they use that tag division to get some different matches, kind of wait a little bit. You know, we were hot off of the, the Jericho run, made sure that Jericho didn't stale out. I think that's a, I think that's an intentional strategy they're using. Did you have anything else for honorable mentions, Omrave? No, that was it. Blake? So for me, Riddle riding by Ali with the stallion. <laughs> Riddle, the character, has been kind of... They're making him a little too dumb, but this made me laugh. Uh, Dexter Loomis and Austin Theory was a fun match. I enjoyed the moment where he hugged... Uh, Sorry, he hugged Loomis and, he thought it, yep. and thought, you know, oh my god, I was right along. Well, he wasn't, and it was just I, I've enjoyed this story a lot. He said, "I knew you wouldn't say that." <laughs> then immediately says, "I knew I shouldn't I trust knew you." I shouldn't trust you. Yeah, so a Poor lot of Austin. fun there. Kyle O'Reilly trying to run Adam yes. Cole off the road. Yep. When you thought it was over, when you thought it was all said and done, Kyle got in his car and went <laughs> after Adam. Still, Regal played it very well. He he tends to do. He's he's really good. At he's his a role. good manager. I I I love situations like that where you he said like I know where you buy your video games. I know where you live. I know where you shop for groceries. And he knew exactly where Adam Cole was going to be, and he made, like, those are the type of, of follow-throughs I want to see when you say something. Cameron Grimes with his vacation postcards, kiss my grits, it's a holiday. Nice touch. Yes. Loving Grimes, even without even seeing him. And I also want to give a shout-out to Zoe Stark and Dakota Kai on NXT. That was a matchup that was was definitely interesting to me because Kai's coming off a loss and Stark feels like someone they're trying to push. What do you guys make of Zoe Starks? Uh, I I like her so far. I do. I, I don't know where they want her to be. Right. Because she lost to Io, which was the ex- expectation. It was in, insane to see someone get a quick match against exactly. a champion. Yep. And I thought she'd win this match. Especially in the women's division. Yeah, and I thought she'd get this win over Dakota, but I'm not necessarily mad that she didn't. I think Dakota Kai may have needed it more. And um, I, I'm interested. I think they, they're starting to get some some stuff with the women's division that, that's getting me interested there. So I, I, I liked it personally. Seth Rollins to Shinsuke, this is simply when he's outside there, he said, don't you do it. And Shinsuke goes... Come on! <laughs> Amazing moment. Um, that's going to be... I think they announced him for Fastlane. That's yeah, going to be a hell of a match. I'm excited about that. I, what scares me with that, though, is we got kind of this split of Cesaro and Shinsuke where Cesaro went the face path and Shinsuke looked like he was going the heel path. And I'm just afraid that they're getting ready to put Cesaro and Shinsuke back together and Cesaro needs this singles push, man. He deserves this. Uh, the last thing that I have, while I hated the promo from Biggie, I did enjoy him saying, screw this, I'm going to find you, hops on a golf cart and searches for Apollo. And what I also liked was Apollo looking for Big E. You know, <laughs> it wasn't one of those moments where Apollo's like, oh no, Apollo's like, okay. Where are you, Big E? In the back now. He did have a moment where he got his ass kicked. He said, I'm getting out of here. But I laughed because he stole the golf cart and drove off. So that's a rave in my book. All right. So ironically, you literally said, like, every one of the things you said were my honorable mentions. And you took, like, every one that I had written. Uh, the one that I'll follow up on that probably was most stand out to me was the Big E and Apollo thing. Because when they sat down and they're putting the mics on and they're, like, talking about they're going to do this interview... The first thing I said was, 
what are y'all doing? Like, we're about to sit down and have a conversation. This feud is not at that point where we sit down and talk right now. So to get halfway through when they're, even they were like, we're not going to sit here and talk. That was great. Apollo running through the halls, being real cocky till he ran into Big E. Suddenly, you know, he's like, hold up, let me think about this. Um, that was great. All right, guys. Uh, the uh, envelope has been delivered, and I have in front of me this week's winner. I can tell you that in last place, we have... Greg's pen was, like, dying as he was writing. Last place was NXT this week. Your winner... Monday night. Hurrah!